to start by just, I just really felt like the Lord wanted to really encourage us as Convergence today. I, I feel like he really wants us to, I've really been feeling like he wants us to celebrate a lot for the remainder of the year. And there's something about celebrating what God has done that it brings so many, it brings such a convergence of gratitude, of releasing a testimony that then can go on and reproduce. And there's so much that God has done this year, is doing right now, and is going to continue to do for the rest of the year. And so I'm just going to read. I'm going to read a lot this morning because I don't want to miss anything that the Lord said. So, you know, God is moving. Everybody, right? Raise your hand if you know. God is moving right now. Okay? The world is so much chaos, so much division, so much confusion, so much intimidation, so much going on. But guess what? God's moving. God's moving. And God wants people to know him. He wants his church to look like him, sound like him, and feel like him. And guess what? I'm looking at people that look like Jesus, sound like Jesus, and feel like Jesus. As well as those of you online, those of you who aren't in here at this moment. God wants his church strong. He wants his church able to persevere and stand strong in the shaking. God wants his church to really know him. Like not theoretically, but really know him. Know him in such a way that we recognize the things that are not him and the things that are him. God is raising up reformers and revolutionaries for this time and season. And I'm looking at a room full of them. <laughs> it's who we are. I tell people all the time, if you come to convergence, you will encounter Jesus. And you will encounter love. So we're just celebrating right now. We're celebrating that we're a strong community we're ever learning, ever growing, and we are the face of his grace in this region. We know his voice, and we give it our all to follow what he's doing and saying. We're willing to step out and do things beyond what seems natural or even possible at times. Like Andrew keeps saying, like, we're doing things way beyond even, you know, what our size church normally does. We aren't normal. That's really good. You're not normal. You're extraordinary. You really, truly are. And if you look throughout history, it was never dependent on how many people. It was dependent on how much of God. <laughs> always, always. You're extraordinary, beautiful, powerful, and full of the love of Jesus. 
You know him. I'm looking at people that know him. I'm looking at people that have stories, testimonies of his grace, of his power, and of his love. You have the tangible presence of Jesus in your life. Convergence reveals Jesus. <laughs> Convergence knows Jesus. Convergence gathers around his presence. And we are a people who don't shrink back. We are a people who are not intimidated by what the enemy is doing. So recently, our friend de Havilland Ford said something that really struck me. She said, sometimes we're spending more time gazing on what the enemy's doing and we're glimpsing at Jesus. And I am looking at a people who gaze on Jesus. <laughs> We're a people who have what remains when everything is shaking. Because you know it says that things are shaking so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And I'm looking at people that are full of what cannot be shaken. What can't be shaken is rising up. So, let what can be shaken shake, right? Because <laughs> we're not of those who shrink back. And we're not going to be shaken. As you know, the church of Jesus has been through many shakings throughout time in history. This is what, this, this gives me great courage and encouragement. I think of this often. I feel like this is one of the greatest messages of my life, and I will continue it in a few minutes um, in more depth. But through storms, persecution, hardships, wars, terrorism, pandemics, world-shaking events, Jesus' people have been there finding what Jesus is doing and doing it. And that's who we are. God is raising up believers who believe. <laughs> who know what we believe and live like we believe it. We will not be intimidated and we will not hide. We will not run away from and hide because all this is going on in the world. Right? Because we're not of those who shrink back. We're real, authentic believers who know the love and power we carry. We live supernaturally in a natural world. We know we have strength and grace that is not of this world. We make him known as we're out and about every day. We look like him, we sound like him, and we feel like him, not just when we're in this room. And that is what the world is craving. The world is craving to know him, to see him, to feel him, and to know that he's actually big enough for them. So we get to release his healing, his freedom, his love. We get to invite people into a relationship with him. It's not we have to, it's we get to. <laughs> we get to reveal him to a confused and angry world. To a world with a lot of pain, looking for acceptance, looking for value, looking for identity, and looking for love. 
So Andrew and Steve are going to come up right now because, you know, these Jesus nights that we've been doing, um, worship in the city, this fall gathering we're having. So just I'm going to take a little sidebar on that. So I was just in a stadium with thousands of Gen Zers. Somebody can define what that is, but it's young people younger than me. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, thousands of Gen Zers in this stadium for 12 hours. 12 hours, and they never stopped. They never stopped worshiping. They never stopped declaring Gen Z will be suicide-free. Gen Z will be depression-free. Like, these kids are after the real and the authentic, and they're not settling for anything less. And I'm bringing that up because one of the main leaders of that gathering was Brian Barcelona, who is coming to our conference. And he is carrying a fire. And real quick, I'm going to tell this story again. He, he had what he called Jesus clubs in high schools of California. And kids were just coming to Jesus, like, in these high schools like crazy. And then 2020 hit, and he got depressed because everything was shut down in California. And he was sitting on his couch, and he was really discouraged. And this student came to him and said, you need to get on TikTok. And he said, why would I get on TikTok? I don't even like Instagram. And the student said, because that's where we are. He got on TikTok, he started Jesus Clubs, and he has over a million followers. He has kids getting baptized in their bathtubs. I'm just saying, there's a fire. Jesus is revealing himself in real, tangible, authentic ways. And God's bringing Brian here to release what he has, and it's really powerful. And he's bringing Heidi here, and I don't have enough time to go into all of that right now, but if you've known me very long, you know that we've been involved with Heidi for years. Um, they lead a missions organization called Iris Global, and we have missionaries all over the world, and his presence is poured out. And actually, this is a great opportunity because I can introduce Sia. So can you stand up? So this is Sia Bonga. I want him to, to leave here with the blessing of convergence and so much glory as he goes. So Sia and his wife actually lead our Iris Global mission space in Poland. And they were barely getting started, and the whole Ukraine invasion hit, and they were thrust into massive refugees coming into Poland. And they have done a fantastic job, and God is moving miraculously and giving them buildings and and building things, and they have been pouring into these refugees. So can you just, like, stretch your hand out to him? And so, Jesus, thank you for bringing him here, God, for such a time as this. And, and I just thank you that 
You fill them with your glory. You fill them with your glory. You're filling Poland with your glory. You're filling Ukraine with your glory. I thank you for every provision to be abundant. I thank you for favor to be abundant. I thank you even for government agencies to be pouring out favor on them. And I thank you, God, that people encounter you, Jesus, when they encounter these amazing, beautiful Jesus people in Poland. And we bless you, Sia, and your beautiful wife, Dominique. I'm not, I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Dominique, am I pronouncing it correctly? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Sia, for standing up. Okay. Um, Actually, we are having our what we call Iris Family Gathering this week in Nashville, Tennessee, and our missionaries are flying in from all over the world, and we are gathering to encourage and support and pour out and worship together with Jesus, and so we'll be with Heidi this week, and she's super excited to come here. And every time she's come here, she's left a deposit that has actually affected us to this day. So we're thankful. I'm encouraging you. Please come to the fall gathering. We aren't just doing it to have a gathering. We're doing it because we know that Jesus is going to pour out in such a tangible way. Okay, now I'm turning it over to Hello. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the Lord is hes just doing so much right now. Um, we've been doing these uh, Jesus nights. How many of you have been to a Jesus night? Wow, that's a lot. Thank you guys for coming. So I'm going to skip a few slides here. Boom, 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 boom. I crossed out the one we just had. Did you like that? So these are the remaining dates that we're going to do leading up to the gathering. Um, these are our specific Jesus night dates. The date that's not mentioned is the one that, I, that we're going to show in just a minute, which is worship in the city. Um, but I, I want you to write these down. Get them in your calendar because I feel really strongly. We, we had a word in staff meeting, and I want to honor faith balance and just the word that you carry. Um, she released a, a, a prophetic word in staff meeting about there being significance in continuing the gatherings leading up to our Convergence 22 gathering that my mom just talked about on October 28th and 29th. And as soon as she said it, like, my spirit was like, yes. It's like, that's exactly what we need to do. Um, and so we've just, we've just rallied around this, and we've we've got all these dates nailed down that we are going to be gathering each of these nights and we're just going to be going after more of him. And we're just going to be lifting him up. We've seen, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I heard one of my, uh, I heard a pastor mention this this week. He said one of the things that we've seen is actually that people have come to know Jesus and have gotten healed just in worship. Like, do you know that you don't even need an altar call when you're worshiping? We've had people get healed during, G during a Jesus night 
with no one laying hands on them. No one saying, hey, I've got a word of knowledge. Just because when we worship him, his presence is enough to heal. We're not trying to get to somewhere. We're just worshiping. And when we worship, things begin to shift. Atmospheres shift. Cities shift through worship. And we've seen this happen as we've been doing these Jesus nights, but also as we've been doing worship in the city. And so that's the next thing that I want to talk to. Do you want to talk real quick about that? I'd worship love in to. the city? Yeah. So this Saturday, beginning at 3.30, we're going out. We've, we're shutting down Main Street between 8th and 9th. And uh, we're going out there. We're going to have a, We're going to have what we're calling encounter stations, beginning at 3:30. And people are going to be coming through. We're going to have a station for healing, a filling station, a general prayer station. There's going to be prophetic stations. We're going to be prophesying over people who come. And then at 5:30, we're going to gather together. Uh, we're going to have churches from all around the city. We've got six churches completely involved, and we've got another uh, other churches who are just coming. And, uh, and we're going to declare that this city is a fortress of worth. And we're also going out to this place because this is a place where almost 60 years ago, John F. Kennedy stood and he said, there are no faint hearts in Fort Worth. Now, I don't think he realized he was prophesying, but he was declaring <laughs> part of God's identity for our city that there are no faint hearts in Fort Worth. And so we are going out to loose a greater boldness on the church of Fort Worth. And so I want you to come ready for it. I want you to come already carrying it. I want you to come laying hands on anything that stands still and releasing what you carry because you are a minister. You carry the fire of God. You carry healing. You carry prophetic words from the Lord. And, and we are all going to be out there going for it, and I believe we're going to see a powerful shift in our city as we're out there this Saturday. Now, we also need some more help in some areas. There are those who are going to be calling on people saying, hey, will you? we need some more on this prayer team, we need some more on this team, and uh, we have leaders who are calling for those, but we also need some people who just say, I can come and I can help put the stage together. We have this huge stage to put together right there in the street. And uh, we need people who can come earlier in the day to help us on Saturday. And if you would see Don, Don, would you raise your hand? Don Sanders right here. Grab him before you go. And if you can't catch Don, catch Wanda, wherever she went. Wanda, you here? Okay, she's out there probably preparing something else for something else. So, which is awesome. But the other way that, that we need your help is giving. We've got a great deal. Like, this is crazy to go out and do this. And like Andrew's saying, for a church our size, you, you just don't do this. But nothing is impossible for those who believe. And God has always called us to the impossible. And we are taking our place in this city. And so part of that, though, is there's finances needed uh, to finish covering this. So I put this basket right here. And uh, as it's in your heart to give, any, anything that's in this basket um, is going to go to, to help cover the expenses 
uh, for, for what we're doing in the city here. And you can just make it out to Convergence. And you can come up any time in the remainder of the service. Um, I'm scoot it right there. And uh, at the end of the service, as the Lord speaks to you, as you have an amount, just come and plop it in this basket right here. And I'm going to see you out there Saturday. You ready? All right. Yeah. We're going to do it. Come on. And also, you can, if, if you text to give, you can use the word WORTH. That's W-O-R-T-H, all capitals. And you can text. That'll go straight to worship in the city. You can give online and put in the comments, worship in the city. Um, listen. We were, we were at a conference last weekend, and we were talking with a pastor from Orlando, and he was talking about how there's, like, there's, like, the churches don't do things together in Orlando. Because we were telling him, we were like, hey, we have this event, like, the churches are coming together, and he was like, that, that doesn't happen in Orlando. And so I want you to see Something that the Lord is birthing, he's doing something in Fort Worth. He's wiping away this church competition, religious thing that says just do your own thing. What if we just all stood together and we saw a city transformed? What if we had six to eight churches that said we don't care about having our branding, about it being about a marketing thing. All we care about is that Jesus is going to transform this city as we gather together as a group of believers that go after him. Listen, this is significant, what's happening in Fort Worth. This does not happen in other cities. i got to let my mom preach. But I'm really passionate about what we're doing this Saturday. And so I, I just want to encourage you, if you weren't planning on coming, I want, you to, I want you to try to make plans to be there. I want us as Convergence to really lay into this vision. We started Worship in the City in June of 2020. Do you know what was happening in June of 2020? There were riots happening a block from us. Literally. I think I saw nine police cars drive past us while we were worshiping in the middle of Trinity Park because the Lord gave us a vision. The Lord said to us very specifically, you need to take it in the city because what the city needs more than any political agenda, more than anything else, is a worshiping church that desires to take it out and pray and worship in the city and see the racial conversation was going on, COVID was happening, and we said, what if Jesus wants to crash in? And we had five to 700 people show up. We thought maybe there would be like 100. I was like, I don't know who's going to come. And people showed up. Why? Because there's hunger for him. Woo, come on. Can we lay into this? It's like as Convergence Church, I just feel this thing. Like this is, and we're going to do vision later this year. And this is a key part of our vision is that the Lord is like, you got to take it out and you got to impact your city. I think we had a testimony last week for our end of summer party. I think somebody prayed for somebody and they got freed from depression or something. Like, come on, this is happening in our city. It's happening in our neighborhood. All right, I got to get off. Saturday, worship in the city.
Can we put the slide up, some slide that gives text to give number again? I just, I know for me, like, I don't, I don't carry all the stuff to give with cash or anything. So I just wanted everybody to have opportunity. It's amazing that we just have these QR codes and our phones are smart and they just, you know, they just give. Ha! It's amazing. Okay. Are you ready? Because we're going we're gonna to go fast, and then we're going to land somewhere, like, really special. So what, I, what I've had on my heart is that we are getting free. We're getting more free from religion. And we might think, well, I don't have religion. But God's been showing me where I have had some still. And um, we're getting more full of Jesus. So religion always focuses on the outward, right? The outward, not the heart. Religion leads with fear, intimidation. It's driven by measuring compare. And I'm just saying that we measure and compare more than we realize we do, and God wants to set us free from it. Religion says try harder, do more. Religion oppresses and it divides. It rules with judgment and accusation. It squelches identity and creativity. And we want all the identity and creativity to flow here. Religion promotes superiority. And let me just tell you that God has revealed superiority in me. Sometimes we have it and we don't realize it. And I heard God say this, if religion can't draw you in, it will try to drive you out. Jesus modeled the difference between religion and true transformational relationship with God. He disrupted culture, religion, thought, relationships, and paradigms. And guess what? He's still doing it. Even in the church. Just saying. He's doing it because he loves us so much. He wants us to live in his culture, his thought, his goodness, and his grace. He wants us free from religion because religion is a form of godliness that doesn't have his life or his power. The best way to get free of religion is to know the realities of Jesus. It's not to fight religion. I, I have experienced people who, in the name of getting free from religion, they've left churches, abandoned friends, and because they felt oppressed by religion that said you have to do all these things to be with God, they just decided, well, maybe we just need to do the opposite. So in the name of being free from religion, we're going to live like hell because we're free. Okay, that's not it. I'm talking to people who know this, but I'm telling you that we need to be an open door for the people who have thought that. Okay? We need to be an open door that invites people to encounter the real Jesus and be free from all religion. <laughs> the kind that forces outward behavior in order to get to God and the kind that just wants to live like hell because we want to be free from religion, not necessarily close to God. It's actually about 
<laughs> being with him. It's not about being in religion or out of it. That's really not the point. Jesus disrupted religion as he walked dusty roads and loved and released his power in a way that was scandalous and offensive to religious rules, and he's still doing it. He disrupts religion to reveal what he's really like. So we get to lay down our familiar for his disruption. True freedom looks like Jesus. We need his presence and we need his spirit to give us revelation. The, even this morning as, as all of this was happening, I was looking again in Revelation. John, John who knew Jesus. And, and do you catch this little phrase in John 1 that said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I had this revelation. He's still doing that. We gather around his presence. We're in his spirit on the Lord's day. Every day's the Lord's day, right? <laughs> and when we gather, it's the Lord's day. And we gather and we're in the spirit and we receive revelation because there's always more revelation to be had about Jesus. So, I'm going to go back to what my friend de Havilland said. And I feel like for the rest of our time this morning, which is not much, <laughs> but we're going to give it our all, and we're just going to gaze on Jesus. Because there's a lot vying for our gaze. We are not meant to have our gaze on all the problems and all the oppression and everything that's wrong in the world, and everything that's wrong with our political system, and everything that's wrong in our country, and everything that's wrong in the church, that is not meant to have our gaze. That is meant to have our attention when needed, but it's not meant to have our gaze. So we're going to spend the rest of this time gazing on Jesus. So I want you to, I just want everybody to close their eyes. Um, I would love a keyboard um, if there's somebody available. And um, if you want to come up here, I just want to invite you. Like, we have all this open space. And I don't know, sometimes for me, I just like to, as an act, a prophetic act of I'm entering into this. Sometimes I like to come up front you can lay down up here. You can sit down up here. You can kneel down up here. You can do whatever. Um, but I just want you to engage right now, okay, is we're going to gaze on Jesus. And I'm just going to read just what um, God just has been speaking to me. God chose to do the most important thing in earthly history in a way that was naturally impossible. God chose a barren woman, Elizabeth, to conceive John the Baptist. God chose a virgin, Mary, to conceive Jesus. God does not live with natural boundaries. He broke all the barriers, all the boundaries, and all the limitations. Some people listened to Jesus. Some followed. Some questioned. Some mocked. Some did not think it was good news. 
Some wanted to destroy him and his message. But even the worst thing that people could do to him, kill him, didn't work. Jesus did not stay dead. He did not stay in a grave. He's not just a good message. He's not religion. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. He knows no boundaries. He shows up anywhere and everywhere. The name of Jesus is the most persecuted, most silenced name in all the world. You can talk about God, but if you say Jesus, that's when people react. If you can talk about God, but if you say Jesus, you can be put in jail, tortured, or even killed. When people curse, they use the name of Jesus as a curse word. Do you ever wonder why they don't say, oh, Buddha or oh, Muhammad when they curse? Why people all over the world, when they get upset, angry, or excited, they say Jesus Christ? Why is the name of Jesus the most controversial, the most abused, the most silenced name? If Jesus was just a great man or just a prophet, why such fear of his name? If Jesus doesn't exist and truth is relative, why so much concern over the name of Jesus? People are imprisoned, tortured, and murdered for being followers of Jesus. If Jesus is not who he really says he is, then why such heavy opposition? In our country, it looks like mocking and ridicule. It looks like silencing him in our schools, silencing him in politics, silencing him in media, intimidating churches, trying to silence churches. Or again, if religion can't draw you in, it will try to drive you out. So let's just make churches about a lot of other things besides Jesus. Why such opposition, even in our own nation? Why is there such opposition about Jesus? Why is it okay to celebrate other religions in schools but not Jesus? But guess what? The name of Jesus can be abused. It can be silenced. It can bring an uncomfortable, uncomfortable, awkward feeling to a conversation. His name can even bring a vicious reaction. But God gave Jesus the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is who he says he is. And if it were not so, there would not be the opposition, fascination, fear, and hatred for his name. 
He is truth. He's not a truth. <laughs> He's the truth, eternal truth, unchanging truth, truth that sets us free, truth that outlasts every lie. You can't kill this truth. You can't change this truth, and you can't stop this truth. Though abused, silenced, hidden, misunderstood, misrepresented, battered, bruised, and martyred, this truth lives on. The reality of Jesus changed Saul to Paul, changed a prostitute into a worshiper, changed a woman's life as she got water out of a well, changed fishermen into nation-changing, history-making preachers, pastors, and leaders. The reality of Jesus changed a tax collector to a man who knew he was loved and valued and went from stealing to giving generously. The reality of Jesus changed a witch doctor in Africa who showed up with three poisonous snakes hoping to bring fear and even death into a leader for him. The reality of Jesus changed the life of an American CEO when he saw how radical transformation happened in one of his co-workers. The reality of Jesus invades homes, families, schools, restaurants, businesses, hospitals, and government agencies. The reality of Jesus shows up where it's not legal to show up. We have story after story after story in persecuted nations where it's not legal to talk about Jesus, where Jesus shows up as the man in white. We literally have groups of people who found each other because they started looking for the others who have seen the man in white. The reality of Jesus changes things and changes us. Jesus changes fear to love, selfishness to generosity, hopelessness to hope, fear to courage, and anxiety to peace. Religion yells, get your life together, and Jesus invites him over, himself over for lunch. Jesus picked the guy everyone hated, the guy who mistreated people, the guy people shunned, gossiped about, and were angry, angry with, all for good reason. And he called to the guy in front of everyone, I'm coming to your house. He didn't wait to be invited. He didn't wait until the guy showed a desire to change his life. He just said, hey, I want to be with you. People were offended. Why would Jesus go to his house? Over and over again, Jesus offended people by who he chose to hang out with. Over and over, people were transformed because Jesus encountered them. And all of us are in Jesus right now because Jesus encountered us in some way before, before we even knew, before we even knew we needed him, before we knew we could hear him, we heard him, before we knew we could encounter him, we encountered him. That's how we got to where we are right now in him. 
And I just thank you, Jesus, right now for a very real, a very authentic, and a very tangible revelation of who you are. That even as we go out from here and even as we prepare for Saturday, downtown Fort Worth, where things are being shut down, literally Main Street is being closed off for worship of Jesus. People are going to come and encounter Jesus for the first time or the hundredth or the thousandth time. They're going to encounter Jesus because that's what he wants to do. He wants to reveal who he is. We know, Jesus, that there is a greater reality in you and of you that we have even yet to know. So we receive in fullness all that you want to do and say. Thank you, Jesus, that even this week, even every day, as we're at home, as we're in our car, as we're at work, as we're at school, as we're with our families, as we're busy and as we're still, God, thank you no matter what, that we hear you, that we see you, that we feel you, and that we know you in greater measure. So we receive the greater reality of who you are, Jesus. And we receive every opportunity to know you and make you known. In Jesus' name. So, we have ministry teams that'll be up here. If there's something you would like prayer for, please come up and receive ministry. Please encourage each other on your way out and just continue to soak in the reality of who Jesus is. He's greater than any political leader any religious leader, any media, any legal system, anything this world has to bring. Jesus transcends it. He's greater, he's bigger, and he's more than enough. And I just, I saw the Lord earlier today. I heard that scripture in Psalm 27, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies. And I just felt that an awareness from the Lord that something has happened today, that our heads have been lifted up higher above things that that have, have clouded us from seeing where we need to go. I feel like this week that they're, they're, you're going to find yourself seeing Jesus in a fresh way. I feel like uh, even dots are going to be connecting in our lives this week, that we're going to see something we haven't seen about our future. Some of some of you have come here today and you really need direction. And I feel like the pieces are coming together. Your head has been lifted up above your enemies. So, Lord, I thank you this week for revelation of Jesus that is flooding our lives, that we can see what we haven't seen before. And, Jesus, there is going to be a greater clarity over us because you have lifted us up and lifted our heads above the things, Father, that, that we have been battling with. Father, you've lifted our heads above confusion, and you've lifted us up into new places. And so thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name.